0: America? Fuck yeah, it's the Craig Wetter podcast. Apologies to Craig for taking so damn long to get this one live. We recorded this midway through last year. He was just about to kick off university. Covid was obviously going nuts. But he was also going nuts at the California Wedge and that massive that popped during the Wedge season last year really caught everyone's attention globally. Bit of a viral moment for him and a kind of big punctuation mark on a developing career to say, Craig Wetter is pretty serious, look out Tanner McDaniel. Uh, enjoy this podcast, Craig's ledge, sorry again for taking so long mate and... I look forward to seeing a lot more of Craig's antics in The Wedge in the foreseeable future. Enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Craig Wetter. Hey, how are you doing, Josh? I'm really good, man, I'm really good. Sorry for the delay in getting online. I was just finishing off some breakfast here in Australia. No worries at all. No worries. So where are you sitting right now? Can you can you set the scene for us? Where are you? Um, so I'm currently up in uh, Santa Barbara. I'm going to okay.
1: UC, UC Santa Barbara uh, for school next year. So I'm uh-huh. kind of just moving in and getting stuff into my house. Basically, and just kind of hanging out with like all my roommates and stuff, but uh, only for a couple of days and so not, not staying for the whole summer or something, just kind of okay. settling in and then heading back home to Dana Point.
0: Okay, so UC Santa Barbara—that's a bit further north for you, isn't it? That's um...
1: yeah, it's like three hours, like a little further than Ventura. Okay, so, yeah. Um, it's probably like another forty minutes after Ventura, so it's pretty close around there. Okay. Um, definitely can get get some sick waves there during the winter, but uh,
0: yeah,
1: it's pretty slow around like all of california
0: right now in general so isn't <laughs> kind there of a really good in. point there isn't there like a point break there that really like a boat harbor or something like that uh so yeah that's Sandspit. Sandspit.
1: So, Sandspit is that draining right hander that yeah break breaks like a couple times a year even if that yeah but uh i've never surfed it personally i just always see the videos because yeah it's
0: really hard to get and looks mental it's really crowded too, so. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Okay. And so what are you studying up at UC Santa Barbara? Is uh, this your freshman year? Um, no, this is going to be my junior year up here. So I did
1: okay. two I did two years at uh, community college, and then okay. just transferred to a four-year out of that. So okay. I'm studying communications up here. Uh, I'm not, no one's really sure still how the classes are going to be run due to yeah, yeah. coronavirus and all that stuff, but uh as of now, I think it's just going to be online again. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm not, no one really knows. Like, they could switch it at any moment. It just kind of depends, like, how bad the cases are and yeah. where the hot spot is and stuff.
0: Yeah. Are you – but you're living on campus. You've made the decision to move up there and live on the campus? Yeah. So, I'll,
1: I'll definitely be coming up here um, basically around the time when school would actually be starting if the classes were in session. Yeah. But, um I can go
0: back home whenever I really want if it's going to be online.
1: Yeah.
0: So, right, yeah. Would that be your preference? Is would you prefer to be back at Dana Point and just surf in your local, or or is there are there opportunities up north there that you can kind of explore?
1: Yeah, so Ventura is pretty like pretty consistent in the wintertime. Yeah, uh, we made made a couple of trips last winter to come up there and surf. They got good beach breaks, mainly yeah. and some like sick little wedges too. Yeah, um, but. The, I think the beach breaks and like that's that's where Point Magoo is.
0: Exactly, yeah, that's a sick wave, hey.
1: Yeah, it's sick. Mm. It's very, uh, very peaky and no one out. But you just gotta get away on, and then you, get, then you're
0: chilling. Get, you gotta get through the military checkpoint, don't you? is yeah. that the one you gotta get through? Yeah,
1: you need a sponsor. You need someone to sponsor you on, and then after that, just pop out and yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty nuts.
0: That's crazy. Okay, so there is a bit, there is like some good opportunities up there for you to get some good waves if you do kind of end up sticking around.
1: Yeah, definitely. But uh, definitely not like familiar with like all the conditions and what, like what swell Mm. directions and stuff. So Mm. that's why it'd be a little bit cooler to be at home because I'm a lot more familiar with all of that. And I just kind of know which swell directions will do what, just like you would at any local.
0: Yeah yeah exactly okay well i mean it's a nice little introduction to where you're at you're just about to do your communications kind of years up there four years right that's a that's a big uh, uh it's
1: gonna be it's just gonna be
0: two because I already oh you're only the, picking uh, up the affecting... second two yeah yeah ah cool all right great so what i wanted to go to is like i mean a lot of listeners on the podcast we've got quite a few u.s listeners so they're going to be very happy to get a yeah. US guest on there again and, and that's really cool but there's a lot of Aussies as well so I mean I think it's really good timing to do this interview because you just basically broke social media with that air reverse at the wedge recently on that yeah. big swell so yeah, a lot of um, people have seen who Craig Wetter is now yeah um, so uh, cool yeah I
1: was, that was pretty, pretty stoked on that it kind of felt like it was maneuver that was kind of heard around the world so exactly <laughs> i was exactly. pretty, pretty stoked it. to see all the like all the positive comments and hype around it so yeah so, and it just felt good to get something out like that from a u.s rider
2: yeah especially
1: out there because a lot of people like watching wedge and stuff but a yeah. lot of the a lot of the waves get out, out there like get, get pretty blown yeah so i mean it's tough to watch at times but it's good to get
0: yeah. one of those
1: big ramps off the and
0: Well, I was going to say that, you know, like it's kind of of the generation of riders. Are you, are you the same age as Tanner? Are you guys basically the same age? Or what's, that, what's the age uh, difference? Uh, he is one year older than me. Okay. So, so you're 21. essentially in the same generation, you could say. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's been the case, at least from where I've been sitting, that, you know, a lot of the, the, the attention of the U.S. kind of rider has been around – in terms of young guys you know including hawaii like it's been yeah you know sammy moratino tanner have been the uh-huh. dominant kind of guys for a while now but you know that that kind of definitely that air reverse puts you in the mix i think with yeah. a lot of people when they're like oh wow there's this guy <laughs> there's this other guy now you know yeah. um and i there was a lot of commentary i saw um people comparing the style you know to like ross mcbride which must yeah. be a a nice thing to hear for a guy coming from that part of the world, right? Is that yeah, a, a pretty yeah. cool thing to be thrown at you?
1: Yeah, it's definitely it's like really cool to hear people comparing me to him because he rips it up like yeah, he so he's so good. But uh, that's not the first time too that people were comparing like my style to his. But yeah, I had, I had like a pretty like solid just straight loop a couple of years ago, and and people were telling me like I'm I think Winnie commented on it. He's like, oh, that kind of looks like Ross. And I was like,
0: wow, yeah. it's the first time I've heard that. <laughs> yeah. But it's funny, isn't it? Like, do you think there's something in your approach going on, which is, like, obviously, well, I'll assume that you looked at Ross McBride as a younger kid, the No Friends films, all that kind yeah. of stuff. You must have been paying attention to that style and that approach. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, was there ever a concerted effort on your part to emulate his approach in the water? Like, was that an idol of yours that you kind of looked to? Not really, no.
1: I I never really watched him as much as I would say, like like Jake Stone and Ben were like yeah. I think the two the two that I was consistently watching. Um, but I never was
0: really like super into Ross, which is weird. Yeah, but, very uh, interesting. Yeah, because the result is your style does look a lot like his. Like I yeah, mean, it, exactly. It's it's remarkable. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that's a very
1: interesting point to bring up there. But uh, mm-hmm. I never was like full on watching Ross every night before I was going to sleep.
0: Which is really <laughs> <weird>. <laughs> no, no, that'd be weird. And maybe not something you want to share on the podcast just yet. Maybe we'll get that in the next episode. Um, is there a clicking? I just want to just check something. But Is there a clicking going on on your side? I could just hear a bit of a click going uh, on. It
1: might, it might have been this AirPod. Oh, okay. Are you flicking it?
0: Okay, <laughs> yeah, trying to flick the air podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, I get in a lot of trouble for background noises off listeners. You know, I, oh, I, really? I've, I've eaten chips before with Winnie and <laughs> drinking beers and people are like, can you please stop, stop eating? Yeah. <laughs> you're doing okay. Well, look, I mean, I, I think the last time we saw each other was hanging around in Hawaii earlier this year before everything really changed quite dramatically. Yeah. Um, you at, did you get there in time for the pipe event? I think I remember you just missed it or something like uh, that. Something. Yeah, happened.
1: I was there the day they ran, uh, day one. So I uh, got there that night. I got there that night.
0: Ah, uh, damn, which
1: is kind of a bummer because that day looked pretty fun. Yeah, to, like just to be there and hanging out, but uh, yeah, I just missed that and I was there for like that whole week after that, yeah. which I was pretty bummed on because waves look pretty good to be competing
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was fun i mean does that event um you know because you haven't really as as far as like another rider from the u.s goes you know you haven't really taken those big steps to the world tour kind of yeah not uh, yet like what's that all about has that been a decision you've made consciously or is that just just the reality for you uh
1: not really i always wanted to do pipe but it just never really like could fit in my schedule because mm. I was, I've been going to school and I can't, I couldn't really take off like two weeks to stay for that whole waiting period. Mm. Um, and I didn't want to, I just want to like get through school and then essentially get into like probably the world tour and stuff mm. after that. Um, if I get some time, which I should, I was actually going to go to Chile this year with Tanner, yeah, right, that got canceled as well as the whole rest of the tour, <laughs>
0: yeah, <sighs> yeah. Okay, so the competitive interest is there, but you've prioritized your education. Is that kind of y- what's up? Yes. Happened? Yeah. I definitely
1: put schooling before like competing on the whole tour, I, which I could have done, but I didn't want to really take a year off of school mm-hmm. because you could, have, you could have just taken a gap year and kind of just traveled and worked and stuff. Sure. But sure. Uh, I kind of just wanted to get schooling over with and then kind mm-hmm. of figure out what I want to do after I graduate
0: and stuff. Yeah. Is that a decision that's something from your kind of family, or is it your own choice? You're just kind of looking at the lay of the land and you're saying, uh, "This is how I want little, to do this."
1: It's a little bit of both. So my parents kind of like put it in my head, and then I was I was just kind of thinking about it, and I was like, mm, I think it's a pretty smart thing mm. to thing to go after." But
0: oh, yeah, do you feel like I'm you've different. been missing out? Um,
1: I honestly like. Only feel like I've been missing out at Pipe because I've been there for two years for the comp, but mm. I've like I don't I've never been to like one out like out of the country mm. or overseas or anything like that, so I don't really know exactly how it is. But it looks like a great time, and I get pretty jealous whenever Tanner goes over and just like hangs out with everybody and search mm. sick waves. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I, I definitely I definitely want to get into that at least a couple times, like a couple events for sure. Mm. Cool. Like I was I was pretty dead set on going to Chile, but mm.
0: that was obviously like we said, <laughs> mm, it's all over. Yeah. Um, let's take a few steps back just to kind of let people get to know you a bit, even a bit more in your kind of history and stuff. Like, how did you get into bodyboarding in the beginning? Like, how was what was your introduction to it?
1: Um. So I was originally a photographer. So mm-hmm. I was shooting like all my friends in middle school and stuff when they were bodyboarding and then uh that's when I jumped up to like a couple older friends like Tristan Ray uh, mm-hmm. that's mainly who the first one who I was with in shooting and then like all then Tanner came around because Tristan and Tanner were friends so then we all were shooting and surfing and whatever and then from then was when I started surfing because a lot of the friends that I was originally shooting stopped so I had no one to shoot Mm. and then there was another friend Cameron Gunlock who was still around and he was a photographer and videographer and that's when I started surfing and like being able to watch myself Mm. and progressing over the years ever since then I think that was 2016 2017
0: so how old were you 16 16
1: yeah that was when I basically made the full on switch to just start surfing and to kind of give up the
0: camera. Do you feel like when you started to actually ride the waves instead of shoot them, like, do you feel like all that time spent gave you this kind of appreciation for how you wanted to do it? Were you kind of observing for a really long time? It sounds,
1: um, yeah, kind of, I, I definitely got more comfortable like shooting water and bigger, bigger waves as I got mm-hmm. older, um, and then once I started riding them, I felt like I was already kind of like at least halfway there. Mm. So it was kind of not easy, but definitely not like uncomfortable to mm. hop on a board and start riding them rather than shooting them.
0: Mm. Interesting. It's like the reverse journey, though. A lot of guys start right. Riding- yeah and then they get into shooting later because they you know they kind of want to mix it up or they want to try yeah. and make some money and stuff like that so exactly. it's funny that you started in the other direction
1: yeah yeah I thought, i've always thought that's pretty
0: interesting mm. yeah do you ever pick up the camera today or you just kind of fully just you're just
1: um, yeah I, I still would do it for sure i some even the sack videos that, that we produce like from shooting water yes yeah. or like gopro shots of all of us trading off and stuff. Okay. So I, I still love it. Like it's still fun, just, especially cool. when it's basically in the shore break, shore the best. <laughs> yeah. Cause every, everyone's just messing around and yeah, it's a good
0: time. True, 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 true. Um, bringing it to the kind of waves that you get to surf around. Like, I mean, as you were growing up or as I guess you shifted from being the photographer to the bodyboarder, I mean, hmm. who were the guys that you were looking at then for your development on the craft was it was it your friends around you or were you looking above or around um
1: it, like personally watching with my own eyes Tanner is definitely one of the first ones who I was watching just because mm. like we we're all hanging out and surfing and it's pretty hard to not watch someone when they're doing backflips at that age and you're yeah. just, like a year younger so definitely watching him uh and then like I said, Jake Stone was always like even when I was a videographer, I was always watching him. Me and my friends would always yeah. watch his clips and stuff, and Ben too for
0: sure. And then Ben, I think, are the two most like Ben inspirational. player. Yeah, Ben player. Okay, well, what's it? Let's let's linger on these two characters in Australia for a second because it's kind of obvious why Tanner would have been that kind of interest to yeah. you and, and you know being from the same kind of region and all that kind of stuff but with with jake stone you know what was it about his riding that really captured your attention uh
1: it seemed like i mean i think he rides very like strongly like he's powerful mm-hmm. and like watching someone like hit a bank or an verse that hard and that fast just like 10 and 2 like someone hitting it and whipping it like that is like pretty eye-opening to me or like this mm-hmm. huge lofty inverts or something like that like i think
0: the power behind his writing was the main part that i uh. looked over and what about ben player what was it about his writing that really got you motivated
1: uh honestly crossing his fins is <laughs> probably one of the highest okay. his, highest things on there because he would hit it with power and then his legs were just like perfect
0: <laughs> i don't know uh, how he does that huh like it's, it's remarkable how tight his body yeah can become yeah <laughs> really yeah, interesting that's, that's really cool yeah be. and that's something you definitely took on board that's definitely something that you aspire yeah. to uh-huh i can definitely see that in your writing myself already like it's 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 definitely tightening up every year. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's, um, yeah, it's really cool to watch. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, like the, so, so growing up, like, I mean, it's pretty, I mean, so how old are you now? I'm 20. Shit. So you're, what you're saying is that <laughs> your, your development as a writer so it, we, in a four year span, mm-hmm. you've basically gone from shooting photos and what, never riding a bodyboard at all. Yeah,
1: not, I mean, I had before, but not really like passionately
0: just kind of like yeah right just hanging around just hanging around and then you know you've kind of gotten to the point where you know that last swell that hit the wedge you know you've you've done you've whacked this reverse that really blew everyone's minds yeah I mean, it's a pretty fast progression i mean i've i don't know if i've heard of one this fast like mm-hmm. i interviewed joe clark a while back and he's was a similar kind of relatively fast progression. He kind of came to the game pretty late, but then he really advanced pretty quickly. But, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, have you... I mean, my story and many others are that, you know, we were bodyboarding since we were 10, and we, you know, Tanner, for example, you know, like he was very into it at a very, very young age and developing over over a longer period. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, how much have you had to prioritise riding a bodyboard to advance so fast like have you been really focused on your development or has it just been something you've casually still done over these last four years
1: um i would say like being at home for the last four years definitely helped be able to full on like be able to surf whenever there's a swell basically not missing a swell yeah because it's right down the street and I still had people to go cruise around with, so it was like Mm. you're not you're not missing any waves really, and I think that was one of the larger reasons why the progression was so quick because I was Mm. whenever there was a swell, it was like it's on basically. Yeah, and then having yeah having Tanner around and like having him push, like seeing him doing something, like I kind of fed off of that, and I still Mm. do so it kind of like it makes me want to do that same thing or go bigger basically Mm -hmm. and that's not even just with Tanner but like that Piper, or whatever like Pierre anyone really just seeing someone Mm -hmm. do something I'd like to feed off of that and get hyped on doing something even Mm. bigger
0: but so in these four years though have you been have you been hanging with Tanner like frequently in those four years it seems like it's been pretty intensive because you've done the Sack Chat Chronicle stuff. You mentioned that earlier, you know, filming yeah. together and stuff like that. But how many years has have you had this, you know, this close proximity to Tanner and his writing?
1: Uh he was staying at my house for not like not like full on year, but every time he would come visit, he would come mm. stay at my house. So probably the last like, I'd say two years maybe? Right. And he was at the time he was coming to visit us pretty frequently, like Mm. for wedge swells and even in the winter time. Mm. So it's a, I'd say a really fair
0: amount of time with Mm. with Tanner. A lot of the swells for sure. Coming to the wedge as a place that you have really shone out above the pack, you know, over many years now, but also very recently with this, you know, this wave that stopped the internet. Mm. Um, you know, what's it like out there? Like what's the frequency of the swells and when does it all happen for the people who don't really understand wedge season and all that kind of stuff? Can you give us a bit of a, give us a bit of an outline about, you know, when it starts, what it needs, you know, how often it happens, all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. So wedge season is basically spring to fall. Mm -hmm. Um, South swells only. If there's any west swell, if is a straight west swell, it's, closed out because it faces so south Uh uh-huh there's a west swell it's basically breaking straight into the jetty rather Uh than it coming in from the south how it does when you see all the cliffs of it Mm -hmm. so south swell is definitely the key for wedge southwest is fine too but it gets really good when we get hurricane swells Mm. Um, because it's kind of short period and after a couple swells that are like that so steep the sand gets pretty pretty proper Mm. And that's when it gets, like, some of the better ones. But the fourth swell was a southwest swell, which is kind of weird. But it was still probably the biggest swell, arguably, that we've had in two or three years, maybe since Mm -hmm. Hurricane Marie Mm -hmm. in 2015. But um, they've got this weird uh, rule on it. From 10 to 5, you can't be in the water with a board of any kind. Mm -hmm. It's just for the body surfers or if you want to body surf yourself. So that's why it's always so crowded in the morning and the afternoons Mm -hmm. because everyone's trying to get their waves in before you can't be out there anymore, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which is kind of frustrating. But um, there's random days that will come if you just are watching the buoys and you'll go there and there'll be no one out. Especially this year. Honestly, me and and Tanner had a couple days where it was just me and him going back to back on waves. Mm. And we're just we're just out there, like where's everybody? <laughs> That's weird
0: is the so, is the swell period really critical there? like i like I think a lot of with a wedging wave, you know, like the swell period becomes quite a factor, doesn't it, so that the that they meet up, the swells meet up at the right time on the bank. So like what's the ideal swell period when you're out there? Um,
1: i I personally like it like mid period fifteen, sixteen seconds, right. but the long period swells or when you see those big, freight trainers out the back which was on yeah. the fourth that was yeah. like, i think it was like 18 seconds or something like that yeah but um the insiders on those kind of days are really good those are yeah. crampy and you just got to sit further inside than everyone and kind of take your chance with the bigger ones
2: yeah right. but
1: it's mainly like it'll hold long period mid-period and i think the shortest i've seen is like a 12 second but when it gets that low it's kind of just mushy and Yeah, what you want, but the mid period and long period ones are definitely the better call.
0: Mm. How would you How would you describe the vibe in the water in the mornings? You know, in these really busy mornings, you know, Mm. what's the actual vibe like, and how do you, you know, where do you and Tanner sit amongst that lineup today?
1: Um, originally going out there, it was kind of weird because you don't really know anyone. Mm. And you're just kind of like, there's, there's like a crew out there Mm. and they all, if they're all there, they're all just chatting it up. And, but over the years I've gotten to talk to them and kind of prove myself a little bit. Mm. Um, so I would say me and Tanner and even Tristan too are all in that little group now. And then there's just always a bunch of like randoms (laughs) that are just like there and Mm kind of in the way yeah like we are bailing boards and stuff and like i don't know i they don't think they should be out there just because the skill level isn't where isn't at wedge i guess Mm. (laughs) because i'm i'm genuinely surprised how more people don't get hurt out there like yeah (laughs) because there's a lot of a lot of like younger kids who are kind of just i feel like going out there to say that they surfed wedge today Mm. I don't know. But um yeah, basically it's just them and the whole group and we just kind of sit out the back and wait your turn, I guess.
0: Yeah. But how crowded but guess- is it out in that pack? You know, when you're in this kind of upper pack, you know what it's like yeah. a pipeline, you know, like you kind of all of us sit on the edges and hope yeah. for someone to miss something, you know, like what how does it compare to say the pipeline lineup with the kind of pecking order and things like that?
1: um pipe is obviously way more hectic Mm. um because at wedge people are genuinely kind of picky like as you could tell a lot of waves go unridden when Mm. you're watching like the the raw clips and stuff so Mm. people will be picky and they'll pull off on what they think is like not a good one Uh uh-huh that'll just that'll just slip through everyone else because they thought that person was going to go yeah and that's where you see all the like 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 empty waves that you're just yeah. like come on like someone couldn't have gotten that one or like you're like you see yourself in the spot and then yeah they just yeah so I don't know it's frustrating at times but uh at a certain point you kind of just wait your turn and get one but pipe is definitely way more hectic and mm. just because not just because it's just bodybuilders but there's big name surfers too. And there's probably only a handful at wedge. Mm. Kind of top. But, yeah, it's just, it's just really interesting because it's different every single time.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, what, how is it different, though? Like, I mean, and how would you kind of look at the numbers out there? Are they mostly bodyboarders or is it kind of what What would you say the percentage is to stand-up riders to bodyboarders out there?
1: That's another thing that's also different every day. So, mm. so one day you'll go, and it'll like you could tell it's not really surfable, mm. and there'll probably be two surfers out there trying to get one, and twenty bodyboarders, and then yeah. some days when the cider's like fully working, you can paddle in from the cider. That's yeah. where the surfers are there. Yeah. So it kind of just depends how the sand setup and what kind of swell it is. Mm. Um. To that's. But if it's like a genuinely mixtured kind of day with where you could get it from the peak and the cider, Mm. it's probably like half surfers, half bodyboarders,
0: but just a larger capacity. Mm. Cool, cool. I mean, it's the one wave that everybody who's a foreigner, you know, we talk about it, like imagine a competition out there, like, oh, imagine having a world tour event at the Wedge. I mean, how do you see it? Like, it's, I mean, it's basically never going to happen, right? With the way that the...
1: Yeah, it's not. It's not gonna happen. But I think it would be mind blowing. Yeah. <laughs> I think it'd be pretty, pretty nuts to see the whole tour trading off. Mm. And it would just be sick to surf out there, just like pipe or anywhere else, with four of the people. Oh, exactly. Because exactly. those long period swells, there's like fifteen waves sometimes. So it's like yeah, right. It'd be it'd outnumber the. The people in the water yeah if we had that that's That's a bummer
0: um do you ever just make the most of the day and and body surf it when it's not um when you when you can't take the board out do you ever just dive in and just get some body surfing done or is it just not really your your interest
1: i've done it a couple times um not really when there's actual swell because you could probably go somewhere else and get waves yeah um but just on kind of like the mess around fun days you go out there and body surf around but never when it's actually like pretty solid i haven't done that but those guys are pretty good at it like they can get barreled and just hold on and I i don't think i've seen someone hit it out there but they can definitely, they can definitely get barreled.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's. I think it's. I've only ever really, really seen Mike Stewart hit a section body surfing and actually do something meaningful. So maybe <laughs> yeah, if he can get out there one day. <clears throat> that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, when you're moving around, like you know, I've been to that area around Los Angeles and. And I've driven, you know, south to San Diego before. And, you know, the traffic can be an absolute nightmare in around oh, yeah. that area. Like, yeah. how, how long are you needing to drive if you do choose to go to another wave? Or, you know, what's the kind of commute that you're dealing with whenever you guys are, are searching for waves? So,
1: from where we are, we're about 25 minutes from Wedge. Mm-hmm. We're just a little bit south from there. Basically mm-hmm. two cities over. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how close you are to Wedge. And then if you want to go any further north, like to LA area, it's probably another forty, fifty minutes. Mm-hmm. And then to Ventura, which is around where I'm at right now, is probably probably an hour. Mm-hmm. So it's basically pretty close, but that's just in Southern California. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to go up to up like way up north to Santa Cruz or San Fran, it's probably it's like six and a half hours, seven drive yeah but mainly all the local spots are pretty close like okay beach laguna beach has a lot of little nooks and crannies in there Mm -hmm. and then that's just a little bit south but not all the way to where we are in Dana point Mm -hmm. so it's all like genuinely in an hour two hour okay if you really wanted to go all the way up to ventura but La Jolla and San Diego is about an hour drive too, and that's mm. towards Mexico.
0: Yeah, yeah. And but you do you concentrate a lot of your activity around the region? Well, when you're at home in Dana Point, like yeah. are you you're focused around there? That's your kind of zone. Yeah, basically.
1: Yeah. And then if something is different, in like the conditions or whatever, then go down south or come up to Ventura or something. But yeah. South Wales are normally a big hit at wedge, so basically everyone try to just get Focus a you can there. Yeah.
0: In terms of like bodyboarding generally in, in California, you know, like it's always been interesting um, in some of my discussions with people because we talk about this kind of, um, you know, where is bodyboarding going to grow yeah. and where is it, you know, how do we grow this sport? And they always they point at America and go, you know, like, oh, it's not really happening there, but. Like a lot of people forget that California itself is like a country in in terms of its mm-hmm. size and population. You now I think it's the sixth biggest economy in the world, or it could be the fifth, and yeah. and that's comparable to other nations. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen? You know, how would you characterize the state of bodyboarding in California with your experience? Like, are there a lot of bodyboarders? Are there? Is it really a dying breed? Are there older guys getting back in the water like we've seen in other mm-hmm. parts of the world? Like, what's the what's the situation in California today? Uh,
1: I, I personally think it's pretty solid. It's definitely not dying. Mm. Uh, I see a fair amount of younger boogie boarders in my area, at least. Uh, basically, every time I surf, so they're
2: uh-huh.
1: they're always out there and trying to improve. There's a couple who, off the top of my head, uh, like Scotty Plowden he's he just he just graduated high school he's definitely coming up and he's told me he wants to start traveling and do the tour whenever it's running again cool so that that's pretty cool for him um there's a couple others like there's ian and evan mcmillan they're twins and they i've seen some pretty cool stuff out of them too um but there's a huge community of uh bodyboarding i don't know if you've seen the account california bodyboarders
0: i have i follow it yeah
1: Yeah, uh, Joey Gregory put that on, and there's a huge following with it, and everyone kind of just comes together at little events and stuff and surfs. Cool. And I think there's even another one in, like, San Francisco area, like Northern California. Um, I'm not sure if it's as as big, but there's still a fair amount of older and younger uh, riders that are in both of those groups, which is really cool to see.
0: Mm. So bodyboarding's is not dead. It's definitely there. I yeah. mean, would you say that there's more, like, is it that older generation? Because the thing that blows my mind is when bodyboarding had its boom in, like, the 80s and 90s, mm-hmm. early, early 90s, like, a lot of Californians were bodyboarding. Like, it was a big market, you know, the, yeah. the brands were selling a lot of stuff there. So there must be yeah. all of these older dudes, you know, in their 50s, you yeah. know, now who – were bodyboarders originally, mm. and do you, do you see many of those kind of guys out in the water in their fifties, or is it really do a lot of guys just kind of have they moved on to surfboards and never looked back?
1: Um, I've seen definitely older guys still in the water. Mm. Um, Justin Ackerman is one of them that comes straight to my head, um, and I still see crowbar. You know who that is? Crowbar. No. Uh, yeah,
0: he's
1: he's he's on a surfboard now, but uh, he, he'll bring the bug out whenever it's like proper, like coming cool. beach breaks and stuff. Um, so I definitely still see them cruising around, not, not like Ross or anything like that. I don't I don't think they or I don't think he's come out at least in front of me. I haven't mm. seen him. but uh, yeah, there's definitely still guys that i see that i mm-hmm. remember watching videos of and still see them but it's not as frequent because they kind of have moved on in their life but they've probably got responsibilities <laughs> they, they probably do <laughs> yeah, Children, that would, that would, families yeah that would, that would make some sense
0: yeah yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Well, I mean, what's the like? Bring to bring us back into the here and now a little bit before we kind mm-hmm. of um, look towards wrapping up. Like, what's what's the actual situation on the ground there now with the with the pandemic and things like that? You know, like you said that it's going to be your your university kind of um, situation at Santa Barbara will depend a lot on how the virus acts yeah. and like that. Like, is it really that touch and go in the that Like, in where you're at, are you wearing a mask all the time when you go outside? Like, what's the kind of vibe?
1: Um, in Orange County, where I'm from, it's boomed, so it hasn't gotten better. There's. not really? I think we now have, like, I think we're the third largest, like, cases in the state. In so, the state yeah so our county is the third with the most right. cases which okay. is kind of it's kind of hectic but i don't think it's genuinely in our area like dana point or laguna Niguel. i think it's because it, our county goes pretty inland mm. but uh they still have you wear masks in certain restaurants and stuff um i think some of them are required and some of them are just if you want to wear one but right. uh, Even up here in Santa Barbara is the same way. I think everywhere is kind of saying you need to wear a mask. But if you're just cruising around or like walking, going to the beach or something, you don't need one. But Mm. it's definitely not shut down.
0: Has it touched you in a personal sense? Like have you had any family or any friends that have kind of gotten the virus or has it just been a little bit distant from you still?
1: I've only known two people who have had it. But Mm. they didn't even know that they had it. They just tested positive, so Mm. they're asymptomatic essentially. Yeah. But um, other than that, like with the amount of cases that we have, I think that I would know more people who have been affected by it, but not not personally. You
0: know. That's interesting.
1: It's very interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, how has it affected you with your own? planning in your life like i mean has it has it really disrupted obviously it's affected your plans to go to chile this year but like overall like do you recognize a big effect that it's had on you or had you already had certain plans in place that kind of hasn't really rocked your boat too much
1: um i kind of was just just hanging at home finishing up my my last year at community college when this was all happening Mm. so it went straight to online so school wasn't really an issue Um, but other than that, like, they never really, like, closed the beaches down or anything or, like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: did anything that kind of hurt my entire life plans other than, like, closing down the restaurants and stuff. That doesn't really, yeah. like, you can go to the grocery store and get food. But Learned it's just, to cook. Like, yeah, exactly. You save more money, too. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah not, not, not really, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Because I I never really was, like, I wasn't planning any trips other than yeah. Chile. But that was, we were supposed to be there right now, I'm pretty sure. Maybe like a week yeah, ago. Yeah,
0: exactly. So We would have been finishing re- up now, yeah. Yeah. So
1: that was basically the only thing. But now that everything's kind of feeling like it's getting better, I've been able to go. I went on a trip to Michigan with my family and a couple friends. And yeah. I'm going to Texas to visit my sister in two days so it's kind of slowly coming back uh together i feel like but some people think it's still pretty bad but i think everything's mellowing out a little bit
0: yeah it's interesting i know in australia we thought we'd really gotten on top of it and now it's starting to fight (laughs) there's been a surge down in melbourne there's a bad over there too yeah, it's it's done. It's just kind of having a little resurgence, and it's it's just interesting because yeah, for me, I, I, it's interesting to pick up on you talking about going to visit Michigan and Texas. Yeah. Like these are these are trips. These are like yeah big trips. Yeah. Suddenly, and yeah. I'm sure a year ago you would have been like, oh, I've got to go to Michigan. Like it doesn't yeah. mean anything. It's nothing. But yeah, like for me, I'm sitting here recording this from the border of New South Wales and Queensland. Mm. And, you know, I have to get a pass. Like I have to, I've had to print out a, a document to allow me to go across the border into Queensland. Damn. So there's these kind of internal barriers that never used to exist. And, yeah, it's just interesting with the identity, what it does to your identity because, you know, for me, and maybe it could be similar for many Americans, you know, like you stop being Australian first and then you become yeah like I'm from New South Wales now because I'm stuck inside this state, you know, like my identity is dominant there. So it's, it might be interesting for you. Like, are you feeling more like you're from Dana Point or are you from Orange County or are you from California, um, before you're actually an American, you know, it's an interesting, um, a very interesting situation, I think. Um, because yeah, we're all so stuck where we are and, um, Mm -hmm. It's it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. Yeah. We all had big plans, you know. <laughs> and it's yeah, we, nothing. We had, we had things to look forward to. <sighs> yeah, exactly. But, I mean, you've got a couple of years of university ahead of you now. So, I mean, is that where you're – and you've got access to the wedge still. You've got access to all of your, your local playground. I mean, is that – do you feel good about the next couple of years um, as a maybe just a bit more preparation for when you do a bit more global – kind of work with your bodyboarding is that kind of how you're looking at it
1: yeah i I would i would say so for sure Mm. definitely can always keep improving on little things and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. just keep surfing around home and Mm. doing what you can and wait until it's all fine to start traveling overseas again
0: yeah um any final messages to the to the people of the world here? I mean, I think it's a nice little opportunity. If you've got some thank yous or any kind of like shout outs you'd like to throw out there, is there any any people in particular you want to kind of give a give credit to from this little platform? Um.
1: Yeah, I would. I'd like to definitely thank uh, Alex Perez for
0: Swerve kind of, for the
1: Swerve Man <laughs> for. Uh, kind of like bring me into surfing as well as tristan and tanner kind of just uh-huh. the, the main group at home they've uh we've definitely had some real good times over the past oh. couple of years so that's definitely keeping life real fun with hanging mm. with all those guys
0: that's yeah. cool. I'll have to get Swerve on actually. Now that you say that name, I'm, I'm gonna have to harass him because yeah, you, know, you forget that the photographers are there the whole time too. You know when they're yeah, and they're their
1: they're, a, they're a big part of improving on writing and stuff. Being able to yeah. study your study your whole writing and how you look and what you want to change and stuff. So yeah, definitely to the photographers as well. they mm-hmm. it's a huge help for anyone who wants to begin improving watching yourself i feel like is one huge way
0: it's so disturbing when you see yourself on film too like i mean a lot of people would think that it's narcissistic to to look at yourself so often when you when you bodyboard and stuff but i know for me you know i see stuff that i do and it's just like makes me sick you know like you know when you actually (laughs) see yourself you're like damn is that what i really look like when i'm doing that like what's that leg doing there like you know it's kind of it's really, really confronting when, you, when you're yes. trying to work on your style. Definitely. So there, yeah, thanks to the photographers and videographers. But um, all right, cool. Well, thanks for jumping on the podcast. I really appreciate it. It's good to finally get there. I'll just say a thank you now and I'll just hit stop record and then we'll have a quick chat. But, yeah, big cool. thanks to you. And, I, I mean, I can't wait to see... What you do when you get given the proper international platform to really, yeah. you know, put your mark out there on the tour or if, you, if you've if you got mm-hmm. those aspirations. I think it'll be really interesting to see because, you know, there's so few American riders who get onto the tour, it seems. It's a very rare, rare sight. So, yeah, I really look forward to it because it definitely brings another dimension to the, to the events.
1: Yeah, definitely. It makes me happy to hear that. <laughs> having, having people watching around, stoked to stuck to get out there for sure. whenever it's yeah. all, yeah.
0: Whatever it's all good. Perfect. All right. Well, but thanks yeah. for that.
1: Yeah, no worries. Thanks for uh, having me on. I was real stoked to have a chat with you. <laughs>
2: The, 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 the